Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 403, Hunting the Big Flock. And I am your co-host, and the guy who's coon hunt from this past weekend turned into something else right so you did try it out i'm your co-host and the guy who saw why you do not shoot your bearded hens okay got a trail cam pick so we had a bearded hen on camera we had cameras out over the winter looking for just on this new property we had gotten we had a bearded hen come by very often and we just got a picture of her with three little ones so that's why you don't kill her. Not in the you spring, mean at least. A bearded hen is not sterile. Yeah. Are you not shocked? Or, and you know what? If any of those are male, apparently they'll be double bearded. Because you know, I don't know if you've heard that, but if a bearded hen mates with a gobbler, then it it will have two beards if it's born male. Wow. How do you explain the six bearded turkey that I killed? In yeah. Wyoming so what about? happened there is a double a double beard mated with a bearded hen, and then that offspring mated with a bearded hen and then that offspring mated with a bearded hen so it just slowly compounds i got you that 
I have legitimately been told that by someone with a straight face. <laughs> so I I wanted to be like, right. so why don't when we have kids, do they have like three legs? And then when those kids have kids, they have four legs. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the reasoning. I mean, it, the thing is, you can't, you cannot disprove that, Cameron. You have a point. I can't, although my common sense tingler says it probably doesn't happen that way. Come on. I, All right. You know, well, hey, you get to those 11 bearded turkeys, that, that has been a long generation of turkeys mating with bearded ends. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, what did, did something else come to the coon call or you got sidetracked? What happened? So, in the past, when I've been predator hunting, what I normally do is I run the baby cottontail sound mm-hmm. on my predator collar. And I have noticed that, and no, that's not where I'm going with this, but I've noticed that the baby cottontail will call in not just our fur-bearing predators, but our avian predators as well. Nice. You bagged you a bald eagle this weekend? I got, no, I'm not even going to joke about it. <laughs> so my last setup, after having no action at all with the baby raccoon in distress call. Oh, dang, that's disappointing. My last setup, I'm sitting there, and I've got to be back in Birmingham at 9.30. I'm -hmm. sorry. I've got to leave where I am at 9.30 to be back in Birmingham by 10.30 so I can be dressed and out of the door for church by 10.45. Nice. At (laughs) 9.28, I hear, (laughs) off in the distance, and I thought, dang. I came all the way down here and have not had any action with a raccoon at all. So I'll just see if I can put together a real quick hunt on a different kind of nest predator. Mm. So I switch over to my crow fight call. And I'm assuming these crows have never been hunted before because the two lookers came in. Remember, I'm down to mere seconds before I've got to roll out, run to get in the truck to drive the hour to get back home. And I'd already told myself, I'll shoot the two lookers. I don't care. Which everything everybody's ever told me about crow hunting, don't ever shoot the first, you know, the looker birds, the first one or the first two that come in there. Because you want them in there, they'll call the rest of the murder in and you'll be ready to rock and roll. You'll be ready to murder. So I made my mind up. I'm shooting the lookers. I knew there were two of them. And here they come circling around circling around boom shoot one hits the ground the other one flies around boom shoot it hits the ground i'm still running the collar and i just hear off in the distance (coughs) and i said oh yeah here we go about that time here come two buzzards and they start circling and i said oh this is even getting more realistic now we got a lot of of live action going on so here comes the third bird boom he hits the ground. Here comes a fourth bird. Boom, he hits the ground. And then I was like, I believe that I could stay here for 30 minutes and kill crows in this one spot, but I don't have time to do it. So I gathered up my spent holes, gathered up my collar, gathered up my crows, and ran to the truck, drove all the way back to Birmingham, walked in the door, Started to run upstairs to jump in the shower, and Tammy's in her workout clothes and says, why don't we go to church tonight? (laughs) Mm. And I very politely and lovingly said, okay, and did say anything else about 
I could have stayed out there for another two hours hunting crows and raccoons and had a heck of a good time, but it's all good. So it, it was a, it was fun. You know, I haven't, I haven't shot crows in a while and that was a good time. And, you know, they're not just like number one on the list of nest predators. You know, I think I sent you a study the other day that, you know, it was one of the empty nest studies where the biologists go out and they build nests and put eggs in them. And these are unguarded nests. There's no hen sitting on the nest. And they determined in this area that crows were the number one nest predator. But yeah, I don't believe crows crows are bad on them. They are, but I don't believe crows are running hens off of nest and eating eggs. But given the opportunity, yeah, yeah no, I mean, absolutely. I think crows are smart animal. I could see them waiting it out, or, or you know, I think if they found a nest, they'd definitely be in on it. Yeah, they are extremely smart. I have a trail camera picture actually. A guy sent me of a crow with an entire turkey egg in its mouth or beak, should I say? I believe it. I just don't believe that. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't believe a crow's going to destroy an entire nest. I think you're going to lose yeah, one, I think two, grab, three eggs. Yeah, a couple. Maybe come back the next day if they're hanging around. Yeah, so, but you never know. You never know. So there's four that won't be around to mess with any turkeys this coming spring. So everything is good. And the, the other good news that I have is that we are 240 days, 12 hours of spring turkey season in Alabama, maybe. And we are 79 days, 12 hours from fall shotgun season here, but we're 216 days, 12 hours from our first time of the year. So yeah, that's, nice. be, that's not that far away. We're getting two weeks from now. We'll be in the 100s, which is hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I got, I got a heck of a hunt for y'all today. It's set the stage for us on this. You've been bragging uh, about how good the audio is and how insane this was. So I'm anxious to hear this hunt. Yeah. So I'm just going to say I plan to do this. Not right now, but if you're listening to this, and you're not at work or something, you know, you're riding down the road, I would highly recommend putting a diaphragm call in if you would like to learn and mimic tree calling by hen and Jake turkeys. So right now at this point in the episode, if you're somewhere where it's possible, I would I put a diaphragm call in, and when you hear the sounds you're going to hear, I would just try to mimic them, and it'll make you a better caller. Because this audio, this is a massive massive flock of turkeys how massive is massive i think there was like 13 or 14 long beards probably 20 to 30 jakes and then maybe i don't know 80 hens that we could see so so that's pretty big in my opinion (laughs) that's a big flock yeah it's pretty good size flock (laughs) yeah and most of the jakes could gobble, so that added to it. You'll hear some of the jakes are not very good at gobbling. It's pretty funny, especially later into the audio when they get fired up. But this is the one flock we're on, and then you can hear two more flocks that sounded almost equally as impressive gobbling-wise in the distance. You can't hear them as well. But this is a prime example as to why I'm going to tell you that this hunt took place in Alaska, because... If I shared this audio with you and told you where I was, if I was a listener, I'd be planning to go there. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm not going to do that. So this hunt took place in Alaska. And what it looked like, the turkeys, the night before we had roosted them. And so I'd hit a coyote howl and then just all of them gobbled and it was insane. And so they're roosted on this creek bottom on the edge of an ag field. And so the creek itself, it just went straight downhill and there's cows all over this thing. So there, there's no like thick cover because the cows had it pretty open, you know? Okay. And they're roosted, the, the creek bottom straight down and everything else is flat though. It's just like where the creek is, is this straight down into the earth, down to the creek, the top's flat. But the trees and bushes and stuff are like, they don't start till halfway down the creek. So there was nowhere for us to sit where we could actually be on the field edge, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, the like field, if you had a field was blind, above you. Yeah, you could yeah. have sat up there in a ground blind or something, but like in order for us to be in any kind of cover of any type, we had to be below the field edge. Yeah. And so, and, and with the cows having it grazed and everything, I mean, there was, you could, like at one point we considered just laying on our bellies on the field edge, but we're like, I mean, there's nothing there, not even grass, nothing. Mm-hmm. So we moved in and we just got as high up as we could to the field edge and got next to some bushes. We we're pretty good camouflaged, actually. We found a pretty, like a little bush that was small at the base and then kind of canopied over above where like a cow would be walking. And so we were all, it was me and my two brothers and we all three were just laid up under this thing. And this, this is obviously before daylight so how how long before Uh, daylight is this pitch 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 black okay because i mean we we literally had to there's no other way you know we had to walk under turkeys to get to this spot okay like physically under them yeah so we just i mean it was the only option in this scenario so we we just walked under them pitch black dark we figured hey they've had cows walking under them deer all kind of stuff walking under them for years they're used to stuff under them it's not gonna bother them long as we we honestly just kind of all huddled together i've done this before in in cow frequented areas y'all just huddle together so you look like one big blob and yep. go for it yep and i mean i don't know how good a turkey can see in the gray dark or black dark but three people huddled together has got to look somewhat like a cow walking around yeah, well, I'll tell so, you, my secret with that is to not not walk on fours, but bend yeah, over, over at the waist so it looks like I'm something walking on fours. Yeah, well, that's what we did. So the front yeah. guy, you know, we all hunched over, and then it looked like we had six legs probably, but I assume they couldn't really see that. <laughs> no. So, but we were hunched over to cow giant caterpillar coming our way. <laughs> Centipede! <laughs> Uh, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. So we get in there. And so, I mean, this hunt isn't, you know, some of these hunts, there's a lot of strategy and all this other stuff. This one is not it. It is just really good summertime. It's turkey audio that is going to, I promise you, make you wish it was spring. Something to feed. So I'm going to hop in here. Let's I'm just going to give you a little taste, you know, and listen really close. See if you can hear the gobbles. They're, you got to really be on it to pick them out. But if you, we're just going to hop in here. Let's just give you a little intro to it. Here's, we just sat down. I cut on the audio. You know, actually, I cut out a lot of fore end of this because we're just sitting there. So I started the audio when the hens 
and stuff started making noise. Okay. So here's daylight in Alaska, and I'll, I'm just going to quick brief audio, and I'll, I'll interject again. So here you go. I don't know if y'all could hear that, but there's a few birds around. I think I heard so. one. <laughs> See, when that happened, I pointed and I was like, "Hey, guys, did y'all hear that?" You know, no, uh, uh, we were, we were amongst them. So, you heard that little hen yelping. You know, one of those I think was a Jake yelping, and then just the mass rolling gobble all up and down the creek and all over the place. So, that was the first minute. You know, that was the first gobbles of the morning, and. We're going to hop back in here. So, again, if you have a diaphragm call, I highly suggest it. There's a ton of gobbling. This is 12 to 15 minutes, and I'll, I'll come back in. Um, and I would just suggest this is just 12 minutes right here of turkey talk. It's constant, constant turkey talk right at early morning. You can kind of tell they're getting more and more rambunctious as they wake up, but it just – pure turkey talk and then i'm going to come back in and tell you kind of the scenario and, and we'll go from there sweet
I think I heard right, another so, one. Yeah, if you didn't enjoy that, then I don't know what is wrong with you because that that audio is insane. I don't care who you are, but that is you got everything you could ever want out of turkey sounds right there. If so. you did not enjoy that, the Crochet Podcast starts <laughs> at eight p.m. Central Time, so be sure to catch that. Yeah. Yeah, you might want to swap over there, but so that that was just pure turkey talk. So now I'm gonna start calling some. There's not much need to call, but it's mostly just for fun at this point to practice calling and be a part of the flock. I just when I'm amongst one of those Mongo flocks like that, I, I do like to get my voice in there in the early morning. So cause honestly, other than all the gobbling the hen talk is pretty much two or three hens, if you notice. Like, there's 70 hens around there, but there's only a couple talking. And hmm. so I want to be one of the ones that's talking just so I'm in it. If we need to call something to us, we at least have got our voice recognized amongst the flock members. Yeah. So I think we just, my brothers and I all start giggling after I laughed the first time because a few birds answered us. So. <laughs> here you go here is the final segment where i start calling and stuff and so what's going to happen before i go into it the turkeys all fly down you hear that and then they are over you hear i mean you can just tell like we're in a panic almost like what do we do so you can hear that one is drumming really close. There's jakes everywhere, and there's fans and stuff. All we can see is fans right over the rise above us towards the end of this thing, once they all start flying down. Mm. And there's turkeys everywhere. But, like, you, you can just hear it's chaotic. We're just like, did, did you see? Oh, there's one. Oh, wait, is that a jake? No, that's a gobbler. Oh, wait, that no, that one is a jake. You know, it's just chaos. Yeah. And so finally the turkeys move off. And so we just like decided, all right, you know, they moved like 30 yards away where we couldn't see them anymore. So we just crawl up the thing and go for it. So we'll check in back there, but that's you'll hear some ruckus going on and I'll kind of explain what happened after we finish this out. All right. So here's the, here's the end of the hunt.
Can you take a video? Yeah. Oh, here comes one. I can see two times. I think that there's one for it. comes the gobblers. There's one. There's two. I know those are the gobblers. That one might be a hen. That might have been a gobbler. Get your gun ready. To the left, the fan. It's a Jake. There's a copper right here, though. The gobbler's at the right. This one's a tom. The toms are to the right of him, about 20 maybe. I can see one of the toms right here. Yeah, yeah that's a tom. That 
fan, that, that's a Jake on the one you're pointing at. No, that may not be a Jake. I don't think we can crawl right now. Jake. is looking at him, he said.
Inside, where are the toms, Tom? Are they left now? Right in front of him. Right in front of him. He says the toms are right in front of him. I can't see him live like it's right here. I can't see him. Do something, do something Do you want to just stand up or start crawling? I'd say crawl up. Just punch over and just crawl up and shoot. y'all could hear it but you can hear us both talking at the end we shot the same turkey <laughs> you said there were how many gobblers i don't even know there was 12 15 different gobblers i don't know i mean we, it, let me let me make sure i got my math right here because i'm not sure that things are adding up there are three hunters carrying one shotgun each so that's three guns i'm i'm just kind of checking math here yeah so far you're right I'm going to say, because I don't know what the the law says for Alaska, but I'm going to say that each hunter had three shells in their gun. So that would be nine shotgun shells. And there are over 100 turkeys in front of you guys. And there was one turkey killed. Yes. So, as I said before, we <laughs> just chaos. We crawl up, all three of us. And then they're all putting and stuff. They've seen us at this point. So we just raise up and there's, I mean, just turkeys everywhere. Like I felt like I had walked into a chicken, like one of those giant chicken barns with them all running around and I had to pick out one and kill it, you know? Yeah. And so one gobbler kind of separated out and everybody shot him. (laughs) (laughs) And then they all flew off and stuff. I mean, we didn't really care. It was the most epic morning ever. And so we got one out of the whole deal. But it's just, it is funny to me. Like, you hear all that gobbling. And then we both, we all shot the same turkey. And it was actually only two of us shot. My brother Thomas and I, we both shot that one. And, well, supposedly. I know with 100% certainty, I dusted that turkey. Like, I have zero doubt. But... Thomas claims he shot the same one. You know, I'm a little skeptical. He may have missed. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I shot that one, too. You know, make him feel better. But he's an honest man, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But anyway, when we raised up, it was just chaos. And, like, sure, we could have just started unloading into him and killed 60 turkeys. But nobody wants to do that. I mean, that would have been terrible. So we ended up shooting the one, and that was it. So epic morning, though. I mean, just if you... You like turkey talk, that was it. That was 
that was it. That's pretty good audio there, I have to say. Yeah, I I enjoyed re-listening to it myself. So now, that's probably the most gobbles of any audio we've ever played. I would be shocked if we played anything with more singular gobbles than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, now, it helps when you got them rolling like 40 at a time. I don't <laughs> That hunt reminds me of a hunt I had a lot of years ago. It was actually an afternoon hunt and it was on this hunt. You're going to you're going to laugh at this. It was me, my buddy Todd, my buddy George, my buddy Chip, and my buddy Eric. There were five of us on this hunt. Mm-hmm. It's an afternoon hunt, one o'clock in the afternoon, and we had just walked. We'd actually just gotten to camp, and we just walked out the back of camp like a quarter of a mile. Chip hits his box call real loud, and way off in the distance, you just barely think you can hear something. And we all looked at each other we're like, no, is that a turkey? No, I don't believe it was a turkey. So we wait about three or four minutes. Chip hits that box call again, and way off in the distance, you can hear, ow, dang, that is a turkey. So we're all just standing there because, seriously, this turkey is 800 yards off. I mean, way, a half mile, way off. Chip calls, turkey's getting closer. Calls again, turkey's getting closer. Calls again. At this point in time, the turkeys, turkeys are probably 250 yards, and we're like, yeah, this is happening. We need to all get set up. Well, my buddy George had not killed a turkey that season. In fact, I don't think he'd killed one in about two or three seasons. So it's George's turn to shoot. We're all in agreement. We've got five guns out there. George is shooting this turkey because at this point in time, we we think it is a turkey. So we set up, get George set to where he can shoot, and the rest of us are just kind of scattered around in the woods. <laughs> Chips back behind everybody calling. Well, the gobbling's getting louder, louder, louder. All of a sudden, I see a turkey and another one and another one and another one and another one. There were six longbeards together, (laughs) one o'clock in the afternoon, five hunters, five guns, at least 15 shotgun shells between them. (laughs) The lead bird gets to 40 yards from George and he goes, boom! Rolled that turkey, and the other five birds turn around 180 and start booking it away from us. <laughs> Had they even slowed up? Like, was there any chance they weren't going to keep coming? Zero chance they were not. Zero chance they were not coming. As <laughs> soon as it stepped within possible range, just rocks Smoking. the lead one. <laughs> Congrats, Again. George. Yeah. Thanks. Again, that was the whole goal is to get George, yeah. you know, get George a turkey. And he did. And, but we get, we still to this day give him pure crap about that. Well, I, mean, I mean, like you're excited for him, but also in your mind, you're like, you know, you could have waited a few moments. Oh, yeah. And it could not have been really any more perfect the way they were approaching because the way we were spread out there was really no chance of anybody shooting someone else unless somebody jumped up after the shot and went running or, you know, tried to shoot a bird that was running towards the group, which would be highly unlikely. But, yeah, we could have unleashed the holy war on those turkeys. 
and mopped <laughs> up. But we got one. So we ate some fresh turkey that night. Can't complain about that. And it was a great, I mean, it was just, it really was a great hunt. But man, come on, George. Yeah, uh, that's that's intriguing for sure. That's interesting. But we both shot. We just happened to pick the, you know, same one. So yeah, there you go. That was one of the better hunts I had in Alaska last year. And this I mean, that spot in Alaska is really good. It's not too far outside of Anchorage if anybody wants to go. So it's easy flight up there for next spring. But Would, would you send I'll, pins to anyone who wanted to to know where that was? Oh, yeah. I'll drop you a pin right now in Alaska. Coordinates and everything. I, I mean, bundle up, though. It gets cold up there. Especially at night. Yeah, those turkeys, that, all of them two-inch spurs. They weigh 30 pounds and 12-inch beards. So you just got to be ready for them well they really weigh 14 pounds but they have 16 pounds of feathers on them to keep them warm in the winter yeah they're all mossy headed turkeys too the you know those the old mossy heads the pure strain that's right yeah that's good stuff man i appreciate you sharing that hunt with us that i mean if that doesn't get you itching for spring i think you do need to tune into the crochet podcast absolutely but good stuff good stuff i hope to replicate that hunt one day in my life don't know if i ever will to be honest yeah that's one of those mornings where when it's over i was like soak it in man because this only happens if if more than once very select times in life so yeah you know it just was one of those days but hope y'all enjoyed it that's all i got for the day i enjoyed it that was fantastic so good deal well I want to throw something out there for the listeners. So I mentioned something back in the spring about the Alabama National Wild Turkey Federation having a field day to where you could pay a small fee to come out and listen to three outstanding biologists and surround yourself with other turkey hunters but have an opportunity to talk to those biologists one-on-one so that field day was actually postponed it was supposed to have been in may but it's been postponed and it is now august the 6th nice cool alabama august weather but if you are anywhere within a three four hour drive of gadsden alabama i highly recommend you Come check this out. Dr. Mike Chamberlain's going to be there, Dr. Lee Youngblood, and Dr. Marcus Lashley. Two of those three gentlemen have been on the show before, but they're going to be talking turkeys. They're going to be talking chufa. They're going to be talking wildlife habitat, habitat management. And this is going to last from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m., like I said, August the 6th. And I'm trying to look here, trying to find it, but I believe the cost of the field day is 50 bucks. Don't hold me to that, but I think that's right. And if you guys want to go ahead and buy tickets, you can do that. I just recommend you go to Google and search 2022 Alabama NWTF Landowner Field Day and plan on going out there. I will be there. And so I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a good time. Looking forward to the opportunity to ask questions to these three gentlemen and hopefully here are some ways that we can improve our habitat and get more turkeys. 
running around in the woods. So you guys check that out. It is a week from this coming Saturday. So August the 6th. So I'm just going to say that's my favor of the week. If you're within four hours, I really believe it'll be worth your time. You can leave pretty early in the morning, get down there, or get you a hotel room in the Gadsden area, spend the night. It's a beautiful part of the state. Check that out, and you'll be home before dark the following day. So Nice. That sounds awesome. That's a good favor of the week. Sounds like a fun time, and that'll be real interesting, I know. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, cool, man. Well, you want to start on our next series next week oh you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that up in the air because we have been pointed towards a topic by a not just a listener to the show but someone who's actually been on the show and we would consider him to be a friend as well so he's pointed us in the direction of a guest and a topic yeah and so let's see if we can round that up for next week so we'll either start the series the next series, which is late season tactics, or we'll hit this other episode and other topic real quick and then jump into our series of late season tactics. But either way, hey, or we could make next week's topic into a series with different biologists. You know, actually, that would be a really good <laughs> wheels are turning, baby. That would be a really good idea. Yeah, I think that would be a great series topic everybody likes to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's just, you know, basically one of those point counterpoint kind of things and no no one has any hard feelings or animosity towards anyone else and it's just, you know, two different ways of looking at some data. So, that's a good idea, Cameron. That's why I keep you around and that's why you get paid the big bucks to do this show. And yeah, that free is always a good price to pay somebody, so <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> Fantastic, man. All right. Well, then let's just wrap, wrap it up. Let's wrap this thing up and get on with the evening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.